brings up an interesting question, gentlemen. Oh, dear. How do you know these things? Just don't try anything funny. Hmm. Oh, dear. Relax. Enjoy yourself. You still listening, gentlemen? That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. Hmm. Yes, they've come up with a rather intriguing idea. Hello, and welcome to The Wheel Life. I'm Dave, and this week I sat down with adaptive Canadian national champion Cole Bernier to talk about adaptive mountain biking, the Dunbar series, and the Bowhead Reach, which is a really high-end recumbent mountain bike. Uh, It's an awesome little machine. I think you guys are going to enjoy the interview with Cole. But before we get into that, I want to do a little sum up of the Paralympics, which have come to an end. Um, uh, We got rounding out our top 10 here in the medal count. Uh, China held the number one spot, 200 overall medals. It's a huge medal count, clearly, I guess, because there's so many different categories. Uh, But so China, number one, 200 medals, 96 gold. And then down with 41 gold, you got Great Britain, uh, 120 total. And then uh, similar totals, United States, Russia, or the RPC, because I guess they can't officially be Russia because they use steroids a lot. Uh, Netherlands, 60 medals. Ukraine, 100 medals. Brazil, Australia, Italy. And our friends in Azerbaijan rounding out the number 10 spot. Uh, I got a chance to catch some of the sports we had talking about, like fencing, uh, football, five-a-side, all that kind of stuff. It was really cool. I hope you guys got a chance to check it out. And if you didn't, Winter Olympics coming up in, I guess, only like a year, because I imagine they're not going to skip. So get a chance to catch that, and we'll talk about that when the time comes. And now I just want to talk about something that's kind of been, uh, I guess you could say, on my chest. Um, uh, something I've noticed I really miss since uh, before my injury, since before being in a wheelchair. And what it is is that now, since being in a wheelchair, everyone is just too damn polite. Like, I miss people being fucking rude to me. Like, I miss being treated like a jerk because someone else is having a bad day. Everything now is all just like, smiles and compliments like i'm a fucking hero just for showing up at the grocery store where is the asshole cutting in line in front of me where is the karen making a scene because of some stupid comment that i made like i want to tell somebody off i want the opportunity for someone to just be a total jerk to me to be totally in the wrong and be able to just like verbally assassinate them because there's no better feeling And just like the seconds before you roast somebody for something, you know, they will have absolutely no comeback for, but not for this guy. Everyone I meet is just too goddamn nice. So if you see me rolling down the street, minding my own business, do me a favor. Instead of saying hi, stick a branch in my spokes, cut me off, do something ignorant, because in the end, that is really what's going to make my day. So with that off my chest, I think it's time to send it to the interview. I had a great time talking to Cole, and I really believe the Bowhead Reach is a large, large, large leap forward in adaptive sports equipment in general. It's 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 really sick. You guys got to check it out. Check out all the clips on YouTube, on Insta. All that info will be in the description below, all the links. So here we go. Enjoy the interview, and I will see you all on the other side. All right. Well, we are talking adaptive mountain biking today, and I have here with me the adaptive Canadian national champion. He rides a Bowhead Reach. Uh, Bowhead, if you're not familiar, is a company out of Calgary that uh, designs these just incredible hand bikes. And uh, he works for Bowhead. He rides for them, and he's here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the Wheel Life, Cole Bernier. Thank you, sir. Thanks Good for having time. me, man. 
yeah, man, good to have you. Um, uh, so I want to start things off, uh, just kind of the obvious question. How did you sort of get into adaptive mountain biking? How it all, how it all happened for you? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was injured about six years ago. Um, didn't really get into any equipment kind of too heavily right off the hop. I got a little hand cycle and got a little bit of it, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't really finding any of the equipment was kind of up to my, my expectations kind of thing. Just lived a pretty active lifestyle before, uh, before my accident racing motocross and riding lots of downhill bikes and snowboarding and just all of the activities, all um, the things, all the things. yeah, all the things, man, yeah. got to keep busy. Um, so yeah, was, nothing was really jumping out at me and, um, ended up getting about three years in, I ended up getting a sit ski and, uh, went down to Colorado and got one of those and kind of got a little bit of the itch. And then, yeah, it kind of just seemed like bowhead followed suit. And basically the year after that, um, went down to the BC bike show and met Christian, um, the founder of bowhead and yeah, checked the bike out in person and kind of seen a few videos online and yeah, I was looking, looking pretty rad, but I was still a little hesitant. It's fully electric. So it's kind of like a, a bit of a, not an ego deflator but it's just like used to being so capable and you know doing everything on your own i was like oh, i don't want to rely on a motor right off the hop so anyways kind of had a little bit of hesitation went and saw it in person and was like sold instantly um got to chat with christian for a little bit and he's a he's a wicked dude to to talk with and same thing he's just super outdoorsy and um rock climber skier biker kind of thing so hit it off with him right away and um yeah didn't even really try one i just said yeah fuck it let's get after it and get one on order and, and get one here. And I, yeah, I honestly haven't looked back since man, it was the best decision I definitely have made since, uh, since the accident for sure. It's yeah. I could, I could tell pretty... your, your posts on Instagram and stuff. It just looks like a blast. Like that thing. I hear you're saying too, about the, uh, that it's all electric. Cause I was first looking at the bikes. I was like, no, I want to be able to, you know, push with my hands and do the whole thing. But then you totally. see what you can do it. I mean, it's like riding a dirt bike now almost. Totally. It is, man. And that's kind of, it, it works really well for me because that's kind of my background. I raced for nine years and um, with the mountain biking and stuff like that too. It's honestly like a 50, 50 combination of dirt bikes and pedal bikes. So it's kind of, yeah, it's perfect. You get both in both in one. <laughs> yeah. It's killer. And for yeah. some people, maybe not familiar, could you kind of talk about the difference between uh, the reach that you ride and some of the other bowhead bikes? Yeah. So we actually just released, um, we're not actually in, in, full production quite yet. We're still, I think on our, maybe our last prototype, um, just kind of, yeah, fixing a few odds and ends and stuff before we start building them for, for production. But, uh, the other model that we came up with is an RX it's called. So it's more of a hand propelled bike. Um, it's got a Bosch power assist system. So it's not a fully, fully throttle or anything like that. It's all just basically it matches the input that you put in. So it's more of a hand crank system, just like your typical hand bike would be. Um, but it's basically built on a bowhead platform, uh, sorry, a, a reach platform. So it's got all the articulating and full suspension. So we've got three inches of travel in the front and seven inches in the back. Um, usually we're running Fox suspension, which is pretty badass. Cool to have that stuff on an adaptive bike. Um, but yeah, the, the difference between the two is basically just the, the reach is more of a normal, like a standard uh, mountain bike handlebar with a, I've got a thumb throttle. You can get a twist throttle um, and it's all just propelled by the, the motor itself. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a 7,000 watt motor um, running around the, the 84, uh, Watts kind of thing. Pretty juicy. It's got lots of power. Um, definitely helps with jumping and stuff like that. It's nice. You don't have enough speed off the hop. You can give it a little, little brap off the lip kind of where the, the motorcross skills come in handy, which is a lot of fun. It's, um, yeah, it makes a big difference. So it, yeah, basically the two differences are just self-propulsion and, 
and electric propulsion. Um, suspension travel, all that stuff's pretty similar. And the one, the one with the assist, um, is that like, it sort of just automatically detects when you need assist, like some of the other like stand up uh, assist bikes? It's basically, so it comes, Bosch's system is a basically a four setting system. So it's got a, the lowest setting, um, it'll have, you know, the lowest amount of input. So the amount that you pedal and push into, it'll say, say the lowest is 25% kind of thing. It'll put a maximum of 25% um, motor propulsion matching your uh, input as well. And then it's got, yeah, like the, the, all the way at the top setting is the turbo mode. So if you're going up a super steep hill, you'd crank it up to turbo and it would basically, yeah, as much as you could push on it a little bit and it'll just like spin the rear with your tire. But it's pretty cool. The Bosch systems are pretty seamless. They, uh, the way that they've kind of engineered their systems, it's, it's very, yeah, you don't feel it at all. It just kind of feels like an extension of you. You feel like a, a big macho man. You're just pushing like a boss. It doesn't feel like there's a motor on there at all. So yeah. it's pretty cool. That's killer. I mean, anyone who's tried the hand bike, like I've, I have a hand cycle too. Anytime you get off of perfectly flat, <laughs> a it's just a nightmare. And if you go with your buddies who are like stand up biking, it's like they're kind of waiting around for you, oh, yeah. there, you know. And you want to be able to have your friends rip, so something like on the reach, like they're trying to catch up to you. <laughs> totally, and that like, you nailed it, man. Yeah, I, that's just an amazing feeling. It's um, a great feeling, totally. Well, I imagine amazing feelings. I am going to try it, but I haven't. Oh, you will. Oh, <laughs> we're getting yeah, you on one. <laughs> when I first do, when I first saw it, I can't remember if it was on YouTube or Instagram or whatever my jaw just like freaking dropped right. and then uh we have a mutual friend matt that you worked with at uh, yeah. the bike shop here he, he started telling me about you and then i think i'd first seen the there's something called the nuke it's this dude out of colorado that has it's not quite like the reach it's a yeah. it's a hand cycle with like some e-assist or whatever cool but then matt told me about the bowhead and i saw it and i was like oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is this thing so totally. um, uh, this leads perfectly into my next question because you look at it, I mean, sure, it's probably similar uh, to downhill mountain biking and stuff, like stand-up downhill, like the feeling, but also yeah. kind of looks like it might be similar to like snowboarding and stuff and just kind of that downhill vibe, like all, like, can you talk about just sort of the feeling of how it's like going downhill compared to stuff like that, like snowboarding and whatever? Totally, man. It's, uh, I mean, like racing downhill, it's, I mean, there's definitely some changes. You're not as in control of the the body position and stuff like that. You're kind of at the mercy of the terrain that you're riding. Um, you've got a little bit of upper body control and stuff like that, but yeah, it's definitely, it's a lot like snowboarding, man. You can definitely skid the rear end around a lot. And, uh, it's, it's a bit of a longer machine, not too, too much longer than a standard, uh, wheelbase on a, on like a mountain bike kind of thing, but definitely long enough that you, you can notice it in some tighter stuff and tighter corners and a little bit different than obviously a mountain bike. So you can't put a foot out and kind of pivot on it and do a big skid, but it, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a sensation, man. You're, it's a little intimidating kind of off the hop because you're, you're bolted to this 95 pound machine. That's, you know, 30 kilometers an hour and torquier as ever. Cause it's electric. And so, yeah, it's, you hop on it and you're like, okay, I definitely need to respect this Whoa, thing yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check um, the brakes. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I've definitely learned my, my lesson the hard way a few times and hopefully won't again, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to just, once you kind of get the hang of it and, and trust the bike and what it's capable of and stuff, it's, pretty limitless man like i honestly if if there's any limitations it's me um not the bike itself so it's it's a pretty cool sensation to have that again because i mean obviously in a wheelchair you're limited in all sorts of ways so it's cool to hop on something like that and and the ski and stuff and just be able to go and not have to worry about anything yeah it, it looks on like the full-on like freedom vibe totally <laughs> totally missing 
Um, uh, yeah, the mountain biking and like, honestly, I would trade everything else that I get to do with it for the mountain biking, probably in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, even just like getting down to riversides or down to lakes, going for swims with friends or going fishing or like going for a hike with friends, stuff like that. It's, uh, it's crazy how much it opens up just in, in all aspects of life. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I've seen a uh, Christian doing a bunch of like multi-day trips yeah. on the, uh, on like the trips. Yeah. It's really totally. cool. So I wanted to ask you actually, um, so does he bring extra batteries or like, what's like the battery life? Like, can, can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. So Christian, yeah, normally he would tow, uh, it's a little burly trailer. It's called, it's like a bike trailer. Um, and he, yeah, he'll, you can usually chuck a battery or two on there kind of depending on how long the trip is and the terrain and stuff like that. But <clears throat> the larger battery cells are uh, a 23.5 amp hour battery. So they last about 60 to 70 kilometers kind of thing, depending again on the terrain, but um, you can get pretty far on them. So it's pretty cool. You, you know, towing a trailer like that and just strapping some batteries down in the back and a little tent and whatever little backpack setup you want to bring for, for camping kind of thing. Um, yeah, he's done some really cool Alpine trips that, yeah, you wouldn't really think you'd be able to get to after a, an accident or, you know, being in a wheelchair kind of thing. So it's pretty cool to be able to open up stuff like that. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a big deal for sure. Even like, even if there was a spot you could get to with like your buddies dragging you there or whatever, like we were saying before, it's such a difference to, you can just go there or it totally. doesn't have to be a work day for your buddies to get you there or whatever. Exactly. Well, and the, the biggest part of it too, is like, yeah, you know, that even on some of the other adaptive bikes and other equipment and stuff like that, yeah, you can definitely get people to help you out and get to those places, but that's kind of the, that's the journey of it. And that's really all you're paying attention to Whereas, yeah, you get to hop on the bike and you can actually like enjoy the journey and look around and you see something cool, you can go over and explore it and, you know, go wherever you want to go essentially and, and pay attention to what's going on around you when you're going up, not just trying to get up right just it's trying pretty to get cool. there yeah totally yeah see well chris he was in like snow and stuff like when it gets too oh, deep yeah. i'm sure like whatever your wheels are gonna bog down but like he was going through some shit like it's totally it's really awesome um uh so talking about the control with it is kind of a good time to bring this up i want to talk about because you know everyone in a wheelchair they've got different uh like uh it affects their muscle groups differently they have different you know power here power there what are the kind of the muscle groups that you use the most when you're steering? I mean, core is kind of an obvious thing, I guess, but are you like throwing your hips right into every turn or is it more your arms? Like how, what's the feeling so, like on the bike with control? Yeah, there's, there's a, uh, it's a good question because there's so many different levels to, yeah, like the level of riders that, uh, that Bowhead has, which is awesome. Like our customer base is, is so vastly, um, diverse, sort of. Diverse. Yeah. Thank you. A little brain fart there. Um, yeah, it's really cool. So like we have everything from like really low level paras that have, you know, basically can walk with crutches kind of thing to like full on, um, like neck down quadriplegics that really don't have much. Like we have, uh, one of our clients doesn't really have much use of, of, um, his left arm. So he's basically just riding with his right arm. Um, he's got a little harness that kind of holds his upper body and chest. And I mean, we're still definitely evolving. Like we've only been selling bikes for two, three years now kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's evolving and we're, we're trying to get better as we get along, but yeah. So starting out, like for me and my level, I'm a, a T10, um, sorry, L1 T12 injury T10 Asia kind of thing. Um, and I definitely like the amount of core that I've gained from, from riding the bowhead is insane um it's so i always kind of laugh everyone there, i've had a couple comments on social media and stuff like oh i'd rather earn my turns but like commenting on the the motorized and it's like 
well, one, I don't have an option, obviously. So I, that yeah. doesn't bug me. Dickhead comment. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But two, it's like, man, don't knock it till you try it. Cause it is like, I am sore after a day of riding. If, if I'm up riding park and I get like eight laps in, I'm done by the end of the day. Like my core is so sore and my, like my shoulders. Um, yeah, it just, it, it depends on how hard you want to push it, man. It can definitely be a really gravy rig to, to ride and not require too much of, uh, too much of any function or anything like that. But yeah, if you, if you want to push it and, and keep going harder and try and see where you can go with it, with your function kind of thing, it's definitely like, you can, you can challenge the body very much. So, um, yeah, well, but yeah it's, it's, it's really cool to see the different, like we've got a, a quad bar set up now that's basically it's called a stinger setup. So it's got a little lever that comes and sits underneath of your forearm. So if you don't have any wrist flexion or anything like that, you basically just mount your your hand to the bar and then you have a little bit of just elbow movement. So this, the stinger would basically center your elbow and you just kind of elbow movement to press the brakes. And then we've got a, um, it's called a gyro switchblade, the helmet. So it's got a removable jaw piece, um, that we've integrated a throttle into. So you just basically keep the helmet on and clip the jaw piece in with the throttle. Um, and it's got a little mouth throttle that's kind of actuated just with two little levers and you kind of just close your mouth on it and all right. So it's, that's it's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a big challenge for like, a piece of equipment like that it's like designed to do like hardcore stuff and then adapting it to people that have like a really like i don't want to use the words really disabled but like have really restricted abilities or they totally. you know what i mean to totally. be able to adapt a machine like that for those people like that that's just really cool it's totally and i mean we've definitely got a long ways to go for sure but we're uh, we're learning a lot as we go and every day really and every 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 new client we get kind of brings another another uh, not issue but another thing that we didn't really consider or haven't had to consider kind of thing so just always yeah. evolving and learning and and growing which is really cool to be a part of too yeah it's rad i've seen i've seen uh some of the bikes too they'll have uh some of the different positions like you see dudes like on their chest yeah uh, doing some of the downhill ones i don't know why i don't know if that's like an ability thing or if that's just like a technique some people prefer have you ever tried one of those i haven't actually tried one of those i haven't uh i'm a little bit biased to be honest i haven't tried any other adaptive i've got to sit down like a hand cycle um more so bill just for you know, gravel trails and, and road riding and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I haven't tried any other adaptive bikes. So, but for, as far as my knowledge goes, that's kind of just how they're designed. Um, like I know sport on is one, that's one where you're kind of on a, in a prone position, a little bit of a kneeling position, your knees are kind of tucked underneath of you and your yeah. chest with, the, with your head first kind of thing. It's got a little chest support that has a little steering contraption on it that when you lean, it kind of leans with the oh, bike. And I was wondering about steer. that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those guys have a little same thing. It's like a, a power assist as well. So they have a crank that's down below their chest mount mm -hmm. um, that they've got a pedal as well. So obviously one hand's not on the handlebar. So I think having that little bit that's of that's how they steer a bit. I yeah, think. exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's any, like any pros or cons to either. Um, I think for, in my opinion, both are just as scary. Like, going head first into a corner going over head first is just as scary as your feet first kind of thing. Like your head's just as exposed in a seating position too. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just, yeah, it's just a position, man. Like I, yeah. Uh, My instinct would make me want to sit too. I don't, I don't love the totally. idea of being head first, especially if I was bombing downhill. Yeah. Well, and I, I like, again, I'm, of course I'm being biased, but I, I do like the position that we're in on our bowhead is, like straight out you have a lot of room to to move around and stuff i know some of the four-wheel bikes um that don't have any power assist or any motor whatsoever it's just a like literally just wheel the wheels kind like of a thing go-kart almost with like yeah it's essentially like a go-kart yeah. totally um i know is it stacy kohat or kohat in uh whistler i've i've seen his yeah i know who you're talking about yeah, yeah. I've never met him, so but yeah rad rig um but even those too like you're kind of in a 
in a ball, like your knees are kind of at your chest and you don't really have too much movement to go around. He, I mean, he, obviously that doesn't restrict him at all. He's yeah. a shredder, but yeah. Um, yeah, just, I really like the, the movement that you get and just a good position, a good ergonomical position too, for skin health and stuff like that. Um, which is obviously something that I hate thinking about, but got to think about gotta it. So. Deal with it yeah. yeah. So it's a cool, uh, yeah, just all aspects works really great. Yeah. That's rad. So when you're, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Dunbar series, but I also wanted to kind of walk through like getting up the hill. So like when you go to, you're going to go do the downhill competition, are you going to a spot where it has to have, you take the cat trails and actually drive up to the top? Are you able to like use like a lift or like a gondola or something? Or like, how, how do you get up usually? It's pretty wicked actually. Like every resort that we've been to, um, I'm trying to think of if there's any that didn't work, but I, I don't think there's been any, um, I've definitely ridden like over a handful kind of thing like Whistler, Silver Star, Sun Peaks, Big White, um, all the three on the, the Dunbar series. So Fernie, uh, Panorama, Kicking Horse. And yeah, none of them have had any issues. Um, just kind of depends on the, the lift setup. Sometimes, yeah, like Big White, the, the bike's rack, or sorry, the bike rack mounts in the back of the chair. They kind of just hang up vertically. Um, so for that one, basically, they would just bring the chairs around, uh, pull up to the chair, transfer onto the chair and just sit on the chair itself. They'd grab my bike and bring it around to the chair in front and just kind of set it on the, take up a whole chair to the bike kind of thing and just set it lengthwise on the chair with the one wheel over the backrest. And it just, yeah, basically sits on there nice and perfect. And then when it gets to the top, the lifties pop her off and bring it over to the chair and I just hop in and, and go. Nice. So you don't um, have to like figure out a way to have your, your like wheelchair in the mix no. when you're hopping on and off. That's huge. So again, though, that kind of, it depends sometimes. Yeah. It depends on the setup. Um, there has been a couple of resorts where the, the chair doesn't stop so that there's two chairs on the dock, if that makes sense, that it'll yeah. stop with only one on the dock. So with that one, I'll, uh, I'll hop out of my chair. I'll just keep my chair at the very bottom. I just so hop can load your bike and there. then move forward. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Uh, to talk a little bit more about the Dunbar series. Um, uh, I just saw all the highlights, all the videos. I know this was like the inaugural season. Um, uh, maybe talk a little bit how, I don't know if you're involved with creating it, like how you got into it and then just talk about the events and stuff a little bit. Yeah, man. I, uh, Definitely don't gotta twist my arm for that one. I'm pretty fired up on uh, on how it all went this year. And obviously, like you said, it was the first year that it went down, and it was honestly seamless. There was no, you know, a couple little hiccups and stuff, but that's to be expected. And yeah, everything went really smooth. There was no injuries. Everybody finished every race. Um, it was it was awesome. It couldn't have gone better. Um, yeah, I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a helping hand, I guess, in just kind of communicating and you know, what the adaptive riders would need and how it would kind of all flow out with, um, not affecting the other racers and stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, not, not too much, man. A Kootenai adaptive, uh, and Mike Rediger had a pretty big part in, in setting all that up and working with, um, working with, oh, what's the, the high five society or something like that, or one of those, not even high fives. I'll, uh, I'll restart this one. It's like, oh, UCI. Um, so yeah, Kootenai Adaptive and Mike Rediger had a big part in kind of, uh, yeah, working with the UCI and they're kind of like the official race, uh, coordinators for all of the series for BC cup and Canada cup. I think even in the States as well too, they're, they're pretty world renowned. Um, and that's kind of like the, the official, um, yeah, race standard, I guess they do all the, all the timing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, it worked really well. There wasn't really much required from the, uh, from the adaptive athletes to kind of set it all up. We just kind of, for the most part, showed up and raced, um, which is really cool. Cause yeah, a lot of the time, like there is a lot to, to consider and a lot to learn and stuff. So the fact that they kind of pretty much nailed it the first go around was, was pretty awesome. And it kind of let us, uh, just enjoy what we were doing and soak everything up, which was awesome. 
That's dope. All right. Well, so yeah. so walk us through your victory here. As I said before, you're the champ. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't really know how like I know the points thing works. Like, was it like uh, you know you get certain points for finishing certain places each race, and you tally them up at the end, or like how how did it all go down? So with ours, um, just because it was the first year, we didn't really do like a full tally of points. Um, if it, I think typically it would work, like you get a certain amount of points for first, certain amount of points for second, obviously less points for second, less points for third kind of thing. And then the most points at the end of the weekend would take the, the overall finish. Um, but for kicking horse, it was actually just the, the race that it was um, deeming the, like the Canadian national champ. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. They were all, we stopped. Fernie was the first one, um, had a little bike break on that one and ended up finishing last, which is all good. I, I was still able to finish the race limp down kind of thing. No injuries or anything. Took a good cartwheel, but did you wreck it nice or did it just break down? Uh, I broke the bike actually. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a pretty big part fail. Um, that was not, not ideal. So took a nice little, little cartwheel and some nice soft loamy stuff. So kind of a good, good, uh, if it, it had the happen, game, it was a good situation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I got down and it was good though, man. It, my buddy landed at winning and he, uh, his injury was from a mountain bike race and this was kind of his first race back. So it was a pretty cool moment for him and I was pumped to celebrate it with him. So, That's awesome. um, and then yeah, second and third race went way better. Um, Panorama was a lot of fun, probably the gnarliest course of the three. Um, it was pretty, yeah, just rocky and stumpy and super techy and janky and just very like, yeah, you had to be line choice had to be on point. Um, there would be some gnarly pinch flats and definitely some, probably some cartwheels. Yeah. Some downhill stuff, which happy. isn't ideal, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. It was cool to kind of have a, a good taste and not just like, not just be out there riding a, you know, a, a blue kind of beginner course. It was like, it was very challenging and it definitely intimidated some of the riders, which in my opinion, that's kind of the perfect concoction. I think it's, it's good that it scares a couple, but you know, everybody, everybody rode it. Everybody was able to ride it. Um, some had to go a little slower as to, you know, some of the line choices and stuff, but all the courses went really well and, and they were challenging in their own ways and stuff. And, uh, yeah. And then the third one, of course, um, kicking off or finishing off, I guess at kicking horse in, uh, in golden. And yeah, that, that, I mean, that course is no joke, um, for the non like for the able bodies, it's, it's a probably the gnarliest course out of those three for the Dunbar series. Um, our course was a nice, fun, kind of a techie flow trail, like a blue course. Um, so it was kind of fun. I got to challenge the moto skills a little bit and there's a lot of throttling out of corners and, and, uh, scrubbing jumps and stuff. So it was pretty cool. That's killer. And do you usually, do you get like a run before to kind of pick your line? Like, yeah, it works. amount of those runs you get or like, yeah, it works really cool. Um, I mean, we're going to plan to do it a little bit differently next year so we can try and ride some of the different trails at the resorts. Cause with the races, you pretty much only ride the one course, uh, all weekend. So you don't really get to, yeah, yeah. You don't get to experience the the full resorts and stuff that you're at, which kind of sucks because you're at some pretty cool remote places. So, um, yeah, we're going to try and plan on doing some, some midweek riding and filming and stuff. So we kind of, yeah, kind of show the, the adaptive world, what, uh, what the resorts have to offer and some different levels of trails and stuff like that. But, um, sorry, getting sidetracked. What was the question again? Oh, um, uh, I was just asking about kind of like when you, how do you pick your lines? Like, do you get yes. like one run to pick your line and then that's it? Or like, like, is there rules for that or? Yeah. So we, uh, basically typically it'd be a two day event. So like practice day, race day kind of thing. So practice day, you'd usually get about two to three runs, um, on the race course and then practice night. 
remember it was practice night or the night before that you get a, a lap to walk the course so they would just close the course off basically so that we would go down um and it was like a low speed no like it's not a it's not a practice run it's like a walking run essentially so you just crawl down and yeah scope out your lines and and do any of those i didn't actually get a chance to do any of those i was always uh fixing bikes and making sure my my bike wasn't going to break down so right. didn't get a chance to do those this year but uh yeah, need them apparently. big time. Big time. <laughs> It'll definitely play a huge role, I think, next year. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like line choice and stuff is just yeah, basically figured out on the practice runs. And then uh, race day, we typically only got one run. Um, actually, the first race, we only got, well, we didn't get any runs before the race run. So it was kind of a, you wake up in the morning, yeah, hop on the chair, get loaded, and then you're like right into your race run, just cold turkey. So it's a little bit, wow. a little bit of yeah. arm pump going on that race for sure. Oh, I bet, yeah, yeah. But the other, uh, the second and third race were a little more dialed, and uh, yeah, we got a practice run, and I think we actually got two uh, at Panorama. So it was nice to nice to get the juices flowing a little bit before the race run. Yeah, that'd be helpful for sure. Yeah, big time. And which one of those courses? Because I've seen some of the jumps you've done. Were any of those on the courses, or is that you just like uh, doing some other stuff? That's just me on my own. Um, yeah, some of the, there's a, some jumps on the courses. Um, but honestly, it's, it's a little bit slower sometimes jumping. Cause you've got to, some of the lips, depending on how the jumps throw you, um, the lip is very much the deciding factor on, on how it'll throw the, the bike. A lot of the time it'll throw the bike really nose heavy and you'll kind of nose dive. And yeah, that's not very much fun to do. So we ended mm-hmm. up honestly for the last race where the jumps were, um, most of us, I think all of us just ended up scrubbing the jumps and just breaking really hard and throttling off kind of thing. Um, just to kind of, yeah, time-wise it wasn't really any slower and it kind of saved the risk of potential nosedive. So yeah. we uh, just aired on the side of safety for the first year. And it's a good call. Yeah. Where do, where do you, cause I've seen you do it. I've seen another dude, uh, his last name starts with a G is escaping me, but he's doing some pretty big airs. Do you see this getting to like a Red Bull rampage sort of level? Like, can you do 60 foot jumps over freaking canyons in the sinks. I feel like maybe you can. So I think we're not quite there yet. Just not yet, maybe, but so like, this bike definitely like it wasn't designed for any of the stuff that we're doing on it. It was designed for like an off-road accessibility, like accessibility wheelchair, maybe some, you know, some cross-country trails and stuff. Christian didn't really expect that it was going to kind of go the way that it has and, and open up the things that it has too, which is awesome. Cause I think without the bowhead, I don't think that series probably would have happened this year. And um yeah, I mean, there's, I think, three three other adaptive bikes, but the other, I think, six or seven were all bowheads, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think in, in the future, most definitely, um, I know that's our goal as a company is to kind of build a bike that we can basically throw anything at and it'll kind of take it for, for the downhill stuff and racing and jumping and stuff. So um, yeah, I think that, that would be really cool. We've definitely got our eyes set and... Uh, our hopes up kind of thing for, for something like rampage. It'd be so cool to be a part oh, of man. an event like that, or even have a branch of an event like that. It would be phenomenal. And it would be such a huge thing, even like outside of the sport factor, but just like for uh, just disability awareness, I don't know if that's what we want to call it, but like, Oh, totally. Bringing like a sport like that and people could see someone in a wheelchair do a giant air. And then, you know what I mean? They'd be like, Whoa, that just changed my opinion on like totally yeah they're wheelchair. not they're not disabled they're no they're still they're athletes like, ass. yeah totally well and that was the cool part about this year too like the acceptance with with all the adaptive riders was like it just blew all of our minds it was so cool um yeah everybody was just like you know there's one i think at one point in time i was actually on one of the videos 
um, somebody was squawking in the line because the, the lineups, there was like 360 participants this year, which is like, they usually get like 150 to 200. Wow. So it was really cool. I think just with COVID and stuff like that, it was just, everybody was fired up to get back to, to some action. Outdoors but, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the lines were, were nuts anyways. And the, the one day in, uh, in Panorama, it was, uh, yeah, there was stupid line weights and some guy made a comment and actually a bunch of people kind of jumped on it and were like, Oh, it's just the adaptive riders. He's like, Oh shit. Now I, kind of feel like an asshole now like it nobody ever there wasn't any issues with it whatsoever it wasn't like oh they're holding this up or you know it was just they kind of realized i think that there's you know anything can happen in the flip of a switch and you know they could be in our situation really easily and i mean that's that's how it happened like i was in their boots before so it's just like it's cool to you know for them to accept it but also for for them to know that like there is something else out there too. You know, if something does happen, it's not like, it's not the end of the world. You can still challenge yourself and push yourself and, you know, go off the same shit that those guys are. And, you know, mm -hmm. essentially like when we were testing all the courses out and stuff, like we were doing sections of, of the able-bodied course that were like gnarly, gnarly, like yeah. definitely my, my bum hole was in my throat yeah. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Like it was just, it was scary, man, for sure. Oh, but it's, good. it's cool to have that feeling again. Cause every, you know, everything in, in wheelchairs is bubble wrapped and you gotta be careful yeah. of this and careful of that. And it's just so cool to, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes both ways too. I had, a, um, a pretty good wreck at the beginning of the year when we were testing out all the courses and stuff and came up short on a bit of a, a pretty fast jump at the bottom of a, Oh, did you hit a knuckle, like hit the knuckle or something? I did. I knuckled and locked pretty hard and kind of sideways and it high sided me and actually knocked me out for a good 30 seconds and broke my oh. foot in half kind of thing. And so it, it definitely scared a little bit of sense into me for sure. Yeah. It broke yeah. your foot. So did you come down really like heavy on the front or something or how? Oh, I kind of, so I, I kind of came down and knuckled on the landing and then it kind of yeah. bucked me sideways. So when I bucked, oh. it kind of kicked me like this and up and over. So when I landed, it kind of just caught and flipped me over frontwards. Wow. And I think it just bent my foot back on the footrest kind of thing. Right. Broke it. Uh, it didn't break the first metatarsal, but second, third, fourth, and fifth. So Ouch. Almost, almost right in half. I mean, yeah, if I could feel it, it would probably I was, hurt, <laughs> Right when it, I said, ouch, I was like, oh, maybe... <laughs> But it's, it's ouch because I had to wear a stupid boot for six weeks. Right. Thing. Did you ride I mean, with it still? I, I raced with it. Yeah. 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 I had a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, there was no way that I was stopping that man. Not for the first year of racing. Yeah. Well, and it's, you're again, a motocross guy. So I'm sure you're used to breaking, you know, collarbones, totally. wrists, feet, whatever. Totally. I was actually pretty lucky, man. I, uh, I broke an ankle, like my tib fib. Um, I've got some plates and screws and stuff in there now, but that was pretty much all that I ever broke. I never did a call. I've never broke my collarbone. Knock on wood. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> never like wrists and, and hands and shoulders and stuff like that. I've never broken arms. Um, nice. Yeah. I've been super lucky, man. Big time. Yeah, that, was, that crash this year was my first like concussion ever. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm really? pretty lucky that way. So, yeah, that is lucky. It's like, yeah. like motocross, especially like wrists and stuff, seems oh, like man. you break it like very consistently riding a dirt bike. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Wrists and ankles. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and what about, so we're talking about air a little bit. This is something actually I realized I wanted to ask. Yeah. Well, like when are we going to be able to backflip this? Cause if you can backflip <laughs> a dirt bike, you can backflip a frigging snowmobile guaranteed. You can backflip one of these. I don't know if it would need to be like a certain design jump. Like you said, the lip would probably play a big effect in it. Yeah. But like, totally. like, do you think you could backflip one on the right jump right now? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, a buddy of mine, Daryl Tate, uh, he's up in the Yukon. He's an absolute, if you don't follow him, he said he's a great follow too. He shreds on the bike and pushes it in lots of ways that, uh, 
yeah, just different. He's super creative with riding and uh, he comes from a freestyle snowmobile background. So he's definitely got that, that flip and all that stuff down pat. But uh, we did a little trip to Utah and him and I kind of got chatting and just about what, what would be possible. Like, obviously he, that's kind of right away. He went to like tricks. Backflip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about the backflip and just with it being a little bit longer and same thing with that upper body, you don't really have too much. Um, yeah. You can't really like pull off the back with your hips and yeah. change your body position too much. So I, like you said, it would probably be a lot to do with the, the lip of the, the jump, whether it would be like, you know, creating a little bit of kind of like the Travis Pastrana front flip. Yeah, um, it got that little kick at the lip. It probably have to be that for the front tires, and then maybe like a smooth transition for the rear, so it just kind of kicks the front up. All but, right, uh, and then a really, Yeah, exactly. The back we all started to go. Yeah, so that's kind of we haven't really talked and and really entertained that too too much. Um, but him and I got the chance to go to a foam pit in Calgary on our on our way back from Utah, oh. and we were playing with a little bit of a barrel roll um Ooh. kind of playing along the lines of like sledding kind of thing right so going off the lip and trying to pull off sideways and um i can say like a lot. straight a straight lip and then trying to go with or like a lip with yeah angle. no exactly a straight lip um oh cool i wonder I'll, I'll send you a video after so you can take a peek but yeah man it's uh it's pretty cool we were trying to trying to keep it on the download daryl um slipped out a little a little teaser so Oh, yeah. people have to see a little bit of it but, but it uh yeah it's pretty cool man it, it it hasn't we haven't got to do it to like an airbag or anything yet that's kind of the next step is like an airbag landing or like a mulch landing sure yeah um just haven't really had the had the right setup quite yet but definitely it's been killing me to try and that's really cool that seems it's like really a lot cool. a lot harder in the backflip i mean the like the logistics of the backflip might be tougher but like yeah physically it seems like that would be even harder because are you just like tossing your head down and just trying to like roll all the way to one um, side or what so do you do I, I have a decent amount of like upper body control so i'm like as far as i can push away from that thing and like lean over and just like twist my head um off the lip like it's it's pretty cool i'll send you some still shots Crazy. too um of just like yeah it, it's it doesn't look proper at all right <laughs> it's yeah. pretty cool but yeah it comes at like it we got it to come around pretty quick um and and almost getting to the point of like yeah that could probably be landed kind of thing still right. A little bit on the side so but i mean we've only gone at it once so be cool yeah. to yeah to get some more time with the proper setup and try well, and make if, it if you're feeling the motion in the air just doing it once i'm sure eventually like you'd be able to dial it in if you got enough totally. time at it 100 yeah that's really cool man yeah the, the future this bike has seems to have just opened up this crazy future of this is to me i i don't know i don't know about all the adaptive equipment out there i haven't sit skied either so it might be a close second but it's like the most comparable to the normal stand-up thing that you did before. hundred like percent. You know what I mean? Like this bike is shredding down a hill. We're talking about doing jumps and trying to backflip it. Like I sit skis, I guess are kind of similar because they do seem like you can shred pretty well on them. I know you've sit, you were a sit skier. I haven't done it, but it's, yeah, definitely. It's amazing, man. Like it's just, it's really mind blowing. The more, when I first found it, I was just like for days, I was just on YouTube, just <laughs> watch everything I could because the freedom factor mixed with just the fun factor. I know not everyone likes to, you know, almost hurt themselves or scare themselves, but I know a lot of people do and totally. going through like having to be in a wheelchair, getting that shut taken away and then showing up and getting to challenge yourself again. It's just, can't really like overstate. Yeah. You can't put a price on it, man. No. Okay. Well, apparently you can put a price well, on it. You can <laughs> definitely put a price <laughs> on it. Starting at to another question. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is I want to kind of address the elephant in the room because obviously yeah. it's expensive for a reason. It's like a custom crazy thing and it's like almost experimental even still. But they're like 20 grand, 25 grand. Like what, uh, what is it about it that makes it so expensive? So, I mean, at this point, and that's kind of our goal too, like as we grow as a company, we want to try and 
try and make it a little bit of a less um less of a what's the word uh less proprietary and more so just kind of mainstream so that you know a lot of the parts that we have to get machined and manufactured and stuff are all really proprietary to our our machine um, and that's kind of where a lot of the price comes from is is that engineering the time that goes into the engineering but then also manufacturing the parts and then getting the parts shipped over overseas and you know trying to order them in larger sums so that we can get a little bit of a better price on them and so again it's it's kind of a learning process as you go um, and as the company progresses and, and grows and stuff um yeah we, we're definitely very aware and trying to to make things a little more cost efficient because we know that obviously not everybody has coverage and stuff like that for insurance with their accidents and um yeah that shouldn't be the the stopping factor for people getting out so yeah um, that makes sense though i didn't think about that every i'm sure every piece on that thing is custom probably right like there's nothing yeah, off I the mean, shelf on that thing or barely anything off the totally shelf. all of the components so like brakes rotors tires rims spokes hubs um suspension so like the shocks uh, are just a bike shock so all of that stuff which is typically the main stuff that you'd have to maintain in a season kind of thing. Um, the only other thing that really we, yeah, recommend re replacing and stuff and that I replace pretty consistently throughout the season because I beat the shit out of mine um, is just the front end bushings. We use a poly bushing right now for all the pivots in the front end. Um, and with a plastic bushing like that, taking a lot of impact, um, they definitely wear out pretty quick. So right. at that, um, yeah, it's basically just bike components you can bring it into a bike shop and get them to bleed the brakes um brake pads wear out you hop to the bike shop and grab some new ones suspension nice. same thing service both of mine like my rear shock and my front shocks both at the bike shop um yeah just trying to make it as mainstream as as possible for people to maintain the stuff because yeah not everybody knows how to work on their stuff and not everybody wants to either so gotta kind of yeah. cater well, to a, both parties that's a big deal to have all like you said all the parts that would be stuff you typically gonna have to change to be able to easily get it not have to custom totally. order something in three weeks and then you can't ride or you know stuff like totally. that um uh so what's what's kind of next for you competition wise or like well i guess we kind of discuss we discovered goal wise what you want to do you want to do a bear <laughs> goal. um uh but like competition wise is it just next year's the dunbar series are these uh uci guys are they going to try to do more of these uh, adaptive series like throughout the states and stuff like what's kind of the future when it comes to that yeah, so I mean, uh, Cooney Adaptive is is a huge company, and they're they're pushing huge for basically all over um, the states. There's actually one that just I believe it was New Zealand. I'd have to confirm that, but uh, yeah, another like another adaptive division going into like a DH race, which is badass. Like it's so cool to see it kind of start in Canada and start to branch out even just one so far. But um, it's the first year, and yeah, I mean, I was super fired up to see that post. So. Um, but yeah, next year is going to be, yeah, I can't, I get butterflies even talking about it, man. I'm, I'm so far. Yeah, I can up. see the smile on your face. Dude. Yeah, dude. Um, this year we had three, three races and, and next year is all nine of them. Um, so there's hopefully I don't mess it up. Um, Whistler, Silver Star, Fernie, Pano, Kicking Horse, um, Sun Peaks, Big White, uh, Coast Gravity Park, and then uh, Mount Washington. Yes. All nine nailed it. Dream, dream road trip for anyone who's ever oh. snowboarded or mountain biked or anything like that. Dude. crazy. So that's just oh. following like the, the normal Canadian world championship. Yeah. So that's BC road. cup. Um, that's the BC cup series. And then right. there is actually potential for a 10th as well. Um, all of these are UCI events. Um, the 10th one is the Canada cup. That's kind of uh, a bit of a bigger deal. Cause it's over in Montreal, which should be cool. At Tremblant or something even, or? 
put to words. What's that? Sorry. Do they do it at like Mont Tremblant or Edelweiss or something? Do I you think know? it's Mont Tremblant. I have probably, to double check, but probably Tremblant. Uh, that's the big hill. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So yeah, like for it to be a part of that and for us to have the potential to travel over to Montreal and stuff like I've never really traveled that way. So yeah, I'm just super excited to see what it, uh, where it brings me and and what kind of opportunities it brings to man and just the connections and, and stuff that you get to make through those races and the people you get to meet. And it's, yeah, it's uncomparable yeah. to anything else. <laughs> yeah. I've been mean, like all the dudes, uh, how many guys did you say competed like in the adaptive uh, category on the dumbbell? This year we had 11 sign up. Um, yeah, which is, I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't think that there'd be that big of a turnout for the first year all BC people or they kind of come from around? No, there was BC and Ontario this year, oh, which is cool. pretty cool. We had three guys make the trip over from Ontario and nice. um, yeah, from everywhere from the Island um, to some Alberta, some Okanagan. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. We got a pretty good little, good little mix for the first year, but we're hoping that next year we'll bring some more competition and maybe some guys from closer to the border. And Dude, the, it's going to explode. You can oh, tell, like I no, had the reaction to it that I'm sure you did and every other yeah dude out there like us will have or guy or girl like us will have a reaction to it and anyone that just wants to freaking have a nice ride in the park you know what i mean like totally it's it's crazy i'm I'm so stoked on it too i can't wait to try this thing i'm um, totally. speaking about trying it i know uh well this will be coming on sunday so i guess it'll be over but this weekend in revelstoke they're yeah. doing uh, the free ride thing uh where else if you can't make it this weekend and because if you're hearing this it already happened <laughs> how else can <laughs> someone actually uh try the bowhead do you have more events organized or they have to go to calgary or like how, how would that be? Yeah. So, I mean, um, feel free to reach out to me if you're, if you're anywhere close to the Okanagan or, um, even if, if you're not reach out and we can try and organize for, uh, I mean, we've got bowheads everywhere and most of the people that we've, most of our clients kind of and customers are very willing to let people try the bikes out. And, um, yeah, they're just, they're thrilled to pass on the, the excitement and stuff too. So we can always arrange for that. And then if that doesn't work out, there's also, um, a couple of organizations, Kootenai Adaptive, who I've mentioned already, um and rocky mountain adaptive both of those guys do bike rentals um as well as lessons i think it's kootenai adaptive is like 100 bucks for two hours uh, like super reasonable that's including a lesson as well um so they take you out um depending on your you know your experience and stuff like that your background um if you've been on one before you can just rent it and take it kind of thing um if you haven't they'll they'll work with you you know starting wherever you're comfortable with starting most of the time it's in a, a big grass field kind of thing and they'll just kind of you know get a feel for the the articulation and just get a feel for the how the bike um, functions and stuff and then as you progress they'll kind of take you on some different trails and go at your own speed kind of thing but uh that would be that's probably the, the most easy accessible way to do it they'll mm -hmm. basically travel i know cooney adaptive travels pretty much anywhere to bring bikes um they're quite yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool to have a, a company like that on board with, uh, I mean, with Bowhead especially, but just in general with adaptive equipment, because um, they're just they're super keen on just getting people out and and active and stuff. They don't really care where you are. And yeah. it's, it's yeah. not just about selling a product. They're about totally. like this new. It's like a culture, lifestyle, whole new. Totally. Thing like creating or part of creating. It's yeah, exactly, it's man. Good shit, man. It's really cool. All right. Well, um. Uh, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I could keep just talking to you about this shit all day, to be honest. Oh, totally. I know. Um, uh, but I'm sure we will get a chance to do that. And I'll definitely yeah. have you on again, especially when it comes closer to like the other events and whatnot. Yeah. Um, uh, but thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, it was great to talk to you. Uh, if there's anything you'd like to say to anyone out there who is nervous or unsure of trying something like this, or maybe they just got hurt and they're like, fuck, I'm never going to get that feeling of riding again. You know, like, what would you say to somebody who's, 
you know, just hasn't tried this or just they're nervous yeah. about it or whatever, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I definitely, I definitely hesitated. Like we talked about in the beginning, I kind of hesitated for, for a lot of different reasons. It's a, it's a new piece of equipment. Um, you know, starting fresh at something I'm not good at. I like, I like being good at shit. And when you start something fresh, you're not good at it. So it's super, it's a bit of an ego hit, but it's uh man, I, I would never, never look back and, and change anything. I think it's super important to, as, as scary as it is sometimes try new things. Um, cause a lot of the time they're probably going to work out pretty cool. And yeah, I think just in general, like the bowhead itself, don't, don't be intimidated. I know there's lots of videos of guys doing crazy shit on them. And, um, you know, guys like Trevor Kennison just sending huge drops and just, you know, land in Magali sending massive like freestyle ramps and stuff. And so that stuff can be super intimidating, but that's just what the bike's capable of. It doesn't mean you have to go and do that stuff. It's so stable and, and great to learn on. There's, you know, we have limiter straps so that you can limit the amount the, of articulation that happens so that you're not just tipping over all over the place. Um, yeah, there's so many different things we can, we can change on the bike to make it uh, suitable for your, your function. And even, even your skill level or your, where, wherever you want to start, we have lots of people that have started with, you know, low, no limitation or no uh, articulation whatsoever. And, and just kind of start from there and, you know, um, oh, what's the word getting to the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. People that can, you know, chuck a limit strap on there or keep the pin in and kind of just progress at their own speed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean you have to be sending enough jumps or anything right away or, you know, going down black diamond trails. Um, there's yeah. a lot of adaptive trails and I think more and more so as, as the sport kind of progresses to of, of adaptive mountain biking, there's a lot of trails that are being built and, you know, trail networks that are making changes and stuff to account for that. Um, so yeah, don't, don't be disheartened or don't be intimidated by the social media videos and stuff. Definitely just kind of see what your community has to offer and take a shot, man. Yeah. Go for it. I find honestly, my experience, the scarier something was that I tried, the happier I was that I exactly. it probably. Um, totally. uh, so that's really good to know. I'll have all of your contact info, all like the CUNY adaptive bowhead, all that stuff. I'll put yeah. it all, uh, below whatever you're watching this on so you guys can click on that if you're curious check out bowhead check out cole's instagram uh get out there ride something ride anything thanks again yes. Cole. and no uh, problem thanks for having me man yeah dude it was great and i'm gonna Appreciate throw it, it back to myself in the studio wicked i want to thank cole for stopping by i can't overstate how stoked i am about the sport of adaptive mountain biking and about the reach is just an absolutely sick bike. Uh, check out the clips on YouTube. Check out their Instagram. It's at bowheadcore, B-O-W-H-E-A-D-C-O-R-P-S. And at cbreezy614 for Cole's site. It's C-B-R-E-E-Z-Y-614. Check that shit out. It is awesome. Uh, also, if you enjoy the show and you want to maybe contribute or you just like t-shirts as well, you can check out Wheel Life Design's t-shirt store on Etsy. Uh, it's Wheel Life Designs, all one word, because Etsy doesn't let you have spaces for some reason. Or you can go onto the Instagram, it's at the.wheellifepodcast, and there's a link in the bio. Got some funny stuff in there. I will keep stocking it up with more and more designs as they float into my brain. Uh, that is it for now. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time. <laughs>